The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Hello and welcome to the very best podcast in the world. Yes, I'm 100% certain you're going to love everything you hear today. You're going to give it a five-star rating, and I have no doubt this will be the best podcast episode you'll ever hear. Okay, why am I talking like that? It's my clumsy attempt to project confidence, which is the subject of today's episode. My guest this week is best-selling author and Wharton professor Jonah Berger, and he says that if you're smart about how you use language, you can generate a certain power, a certain charisma, which can serve you well in business, in romance, or in politics. But you need to know how to do it right, not the pompous way I just did. You need to learn when to project certainty, and when projecting a bit of uncertainty is actually the smarter move. Here's Jonah. Another key insight from the book is around the language of confidence. And we all know people in our lives that are particularly charismatic, right? When they open their mouths, everyone stops to listen. But one question is why? Why are certain individuals so charismatic? And if you look uh, across folks, you often see one characteristic in common. What is it? Look at great salespeople, look at startup founders like an Elon Musk or a Steve Jobs, look at gurus. They all do the same thing, which is they all speak with a great deal of certainty. They think, say things are definitely true. This will certainly work. Everyone agrees. The answer is obvious. And not surprisingly, certainty is often quite persuasive. Research on financial advisors, for example, shows that people are more likely to pick advisors that seem more certain, even though those advisors aren't uh, right more often, uh, and in some cases may be overconfident, people are more likely to pick uh, certain financial advisors because if an advisor's particularly certain or someone's particularly certain in general, if they seem so certain about what they're saying, it's hard not to believe what they're saying could be correct. But contrast that with what most of us do most of the time. I'm an academic. I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. But uh, when people, when I work with consulting clients, I'll often say something like, what do you think of this strategy? And I'll say, well, it, it might work. You know, it, it seems like a, a good idea. I think this is the best course of action. If you notice what I'm doing, I'm, I'm hedging my words, saying things like I think, possibly, probably, seems, might. And all of us hedge all the time. It's a, a common verbal tick we use. But unfortunately, hedging often undermines our impact because by hedging, we show the audience that we're not so confident and it makes what we say less persuasive. People are less likely to follow our advice to uh, do what we're suggesting when we hedge because we seem less confident. And so sometimes we need to ditch the hedges, right? Certainly if there's a case where there's a great deal of uncertainty, maybe we want to communicate uncertainty. But if our goal is to persuade others, let's not hedge too much. Let's only use hedges when we mean to and people will be more likely to listen. Okay, Jonah, well, let's talk about the language of confidence. And I think the critical question for us to decide right now is, are we going to talk about Donald Trump or are we not going to talk about Donald Trump? You do in your book. And what is it about the former president that you find interesting as a language case study? Yeah, so I, I don't want to get into politics here. People are entitled to believe and support uh, whatever they believe and, and support whatever they want to support. Um, but whether you like him or not, you can't argue that Donald Trump has not done a great job of selling his ideas. 
If you love those ideas, you're probably pretty happy and glad that he's been such a a good salesman, so persuasive about it. And if you hate his ideas, you're probably sitting there going, oh, he's he's terrible, he's wrong. But you can't deny he's, he's been a good salesman. He's done a great job of getting people to support his beliefs and get behind him. And so one question is why? Right? What is he doing that makes him so effective? And, and particularly if you don't like him, I think it's an even more interesting question, right? So you, so you hate him, that's fine, but what's he doing that makes people listen to him? I'll give you an example of a speech he made when announcing his presidential campaign. So he, he said something along the lines of, look, I'll build a great wall. wall. And nobody builds walls better than me, believe me. And I'll build them very inexpensively. I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Mark my words. The reaction to this speech was was decidedly mixed, not surprising, along party lines. Um, You know, some people said it was overly simplistic. Some people said it was empty. Some laughed off as pure bluster. And yet, less than a year later, he's elected president uh, of the United States. And so something he's doing is working. What is that something? And if you look closer, you'll notice he's doing the same thing that great salespeople do, that uh, startup founders uh, who are very successful do, uh, that even gurus do. All of these individuals do something in particular, which is they speak with a great deal of certainty. And so I think it's really important to understand what certainty is, what we mean when we say the language of certainty, and and second, how we can all use it. So you've given us the example of Trump, but more specifically in terms of language, what is confidence? What is certainty? How does that get conveyed in terms of the the words we use? Yeah. So somebody like Trump or others that speak with a great deal of certainty uh, often use a, a lot of what can be called definites, right? Uh, something is obviously the case. Everyone agrees. It's always like this. This will definitely work. You know, it's absolutely true that they, they speak like things are clear and obvious and definitely going to happen one way or another. And research finds that talking like this can be quite persuasive. There's some work on financial advisors, for instance, where they ask people to choose between two different advisors, one who uses more certain uh, or confident language and the other who doesn't. And they find that people prefer uh, advisors that express more certainty, even though those advisors are not any more right. So even, even though their predictions aren't any more true, and even in some cases, while they're overconfident, people prefer others uh, that speak with, with confidence or certainty. They're more persuaded by it. Why? Because if someone speaks with a great deal of certainty, if someone says, you know, this stock is definitely going to go up or this strategy is, is perfect, it, it's, you know, definitely going to work, it, it's a lot harder to believe they could be wrong because they seem so certain. But contrast that with the way that most of us speak most of the time. And and I'm guilty of this more than anybody. You know, I often work with a consulting clients and they'll say, hey, you know, what do you think of this strategy? And I'll say something like, yeah, that that might work. Or or I think that could be a good idea or that'll probably be uh, effective. Uh, And what I'm doing there is using the language of hedges or hedging. And hedges or, or hedging is something all of us do all the time, right? Might, could, probably, possibly, seems, in my opinion, I think, it's a, a simple linguistic tick that all of us use to convey that we're not sure about something. But while sometimes it's good to convey that uncertainty, we often undermine our own impact by doing so, right? Often we use these words or phrases because we're not thinking about it, because it's an easy thing to fill conversational space. But research we've done, we've looked at thousands of online reviews in a variety of different contexts. The more we hedge, the less likely people are to listen to us and the less likely people are to think we're persuasive 
because we seem less confident. They're sitting there going, well, if you're not even sure this is going to work, why should I listen to you? Why should I do what you're suggesting? And, and maybe actually I should go find someone else to give me advice. And so I think this has a couple of implications. First, we got to ditch the hedges. But second of all, we can own the uncertainty, right? Let's say you're feeling a little tentative about a strategy, right? You don't want to say this will definitely work, but you know why you're tentative about it. Rather than saying, you know, I'm not sure this is going to work, which suggests uncertainty, you could say, this is going to be a great strategy as long as we do these three things. There you're being very certain. You're saying, I do think this is a great strategy, but to make it work, we have to hit these three things. And so you're not just being uncertain. You're calling out where the uncertainty is, which makes people more likely to listen to you. There are cases where putting a little hesitancy into your speech or even putting a little hedge into your commentary is a way of signaling to your audience some vulnerability, some humanity, which might actually make your point more effective if you do it intentionally. Is that right? To me, the language of certainty and confidence is, is a tool. Sometimes you need a, a hammer. Sometimes you need a screwdriver. You don't always need the same tool. And so same thing with the language of certainty and confidence. Once we understand it, we can think about when to use certain language and, and when not to use it. There's research that shows that, that hedging, particularly if we're in a situation where we're talking to someone who uh, strongly disagrees with our viewpoints, hedging can be a nice way to show that we're receptive to the other side, that we're not dogmatic, that we're not overly focused on our opinions. We want to you know, build social connection. Hedging can be a nice way to show that we're not overconfident. Or when we're talking to someone in a workplace setting who's a higher status than us, we, we might want to hedge a little bit, not to, seem, not to seem too confident. But we can't do all these things without understanding what the language of, of confidence is. And so for me, it's about first understanding what that language is, and then second, figuring out when to use it and when to not use it. And I don't think we should leave this topic without talking about the potential downside of confidence, you know, whether it's Trump or some of the more charismatic startup founders, this ability to speak with confidence and rally everyone has a real danger to it, doesn't it? And shouldn't, do you have any thoughts on that and how as listeners, we need to maybe be wary of that? I'll say a couple things here. First, I certainly think it's the case that certainty can be bad in some ways, right? There, there are definitely people that speak with a great deal of certainty when they don't know what they're talking about, and it can lead others uh, astray. Um, in our own personal lives, for example, we might have a spouse or a friend or um, a colleague that speaks with a great deal of certainty, even though they're not actually sure about what they're talking about. And so it can, it can be very non-diagnostic. Right? I play basketball with someone who's always very certain. You know, Someone clearly fouled somebody. The ball is clearly out on the other team. And eventually, once you realize that that certainty is not connected to the truth, that certainty doesn't signal actual likelihood of being true, it can be damaging for a person or individual. And so I think certainly in our, in our personal lives with others we know and, and love and care about, you know, making sure certainty is connected to reality is important. I think the challenge, though, when we think about startup founders, when we think about politicians and, and others, is there's not always an opportunity to know what's going to happen later on, right? Somebody says such and such, six months later, something happens. You can't really easily connect the two. And so often people who speak with a great deal of certainty get away with it. And so as listeners, I think if we're more aware that certainty may not be linked to actual truth, maybe we can prevent it or, or sort of shield ourselves against it. But I think more generally as communicators, we need to realize how people work how behavioral science happens 
And we may not be able to totally shield against these things. And so as communicators of good ideas, as the truth, as valuable information, if we don't speak with more certainty, we're not arming our ideas to be as successful. Okay, thanks for listening. And because I'm not a sociopath, I'll slightly revise my opening statement in which I declared 100% certainty that you would find this the absolute best podcast you would ever hear. But I still think it was pretty darn good, and I hope you learned something about when and how to project confidence. Tomorrow, we're gonna talk about another powerful way to use words, and that's to ask questions. It turns out that questions aren't just a way to get information, though Jonah will tell us how to ask better questions for that purpose. Questions are also a way of connecting, of building stronger relationships, and asking the right kind of questions can actually make you look pretty smart. Get smarter right now by downloading the Next Big Idea app, where hundreds of writers like Jonah Berger are offering up their best insights for free. And sign up for our newsletter using the link in the episode notes to get the best of the best ideas right in your inbox. Until tomorrow, I'm Michael Kovnett.